I can hear the birds singing in the trees on this beautiful day at the start of a busy week. And this busy week is going to be the start of a busy month for me, uh, but also a fun month. I'm going to do a lot of traveling. I will be in Rome in a few days for the canonization of Titus Bransma, a Carmelite uh, priest who died in a Nazi concentration camp because he fought the Nazi ideology and, uh, more importantly, the misinformation uh, that was used as a, as a weapon by the Nazis in their preparations for World War II. And so he had to give his life in defense of that truth. Um, but there's more to this, uh, to this saint, <clears throat> or, or soon-to-be saint, than that. Um, but maybe next week I will talk about how he has inspired me and what I've learned from him. Um, for now, I'm just preparing uh, this, these long trips, because this is not the only trip. When, when I'm back, a few days later, I'll be heading for uh, North America, and I'll be uh, flying to Phoenix to, um, among other things, uh, to, to give a talk or maybe a few talks. We're still in the middle of organizing that uh, in parishes about uh, my work. But also to go and visit the Star Wars celebration in Anaheim that was uh, postponed several times because of COVID and now finally can go ahead. And this was like three years ago, I think, these plans materialized. And uh, Rob Kubasko, uh, one of our patrons, uh, invited me to come over and to join in that celebration. We were both big Star Wars fans. And, uh, but of course now, it's like more than two years later, and I finally get to make that trip. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to going there too. I'll be staying a little bit longer than in Rome because of course it's a longer flight I'm going to the west coast so that is I think the journey is about 17 hours with layovers of course so that's a that's a big time investment so I wanted to stay a little bit longer I was able to uh, uh, to ask the schedule makers in the parish here to free me up for two weekends so I can stay a bit longer than two weeks and I'm looking forward to it just to be back in the United States and back with my friends and, of course, I will uh, take advantage of the situation to also uh, make, a, make a story, make a documentary about Star Wars and what it means for, to people, what it means to me. So I have not worked out exactly the format of, of that particular documentary, but I'm sure that it will be ample uh, opportunity to make something that uh, really stands out. So I'm looking forward to that. It also means, of course, when you're traveling a lot you have to be very well prepared not just when it comes to uh, preparing the trips themselves but also all the other stuff that needs to be done while I'm away and uh, there's administrative stuff but that's mostly under control I've got the um, the podcast and I need to work ahead a little bit so I have uh, some buffer content for TikTok and other platforms where I'm supposed to show up every day so that is requiring a bit of extra work these days. But it's, you know, it's fun at the same time. I, I've, I notice more and more how much uh, we're, the train is rolling <laughs> and I'm starting to enjoy it again, which is uh, really, really something uh, to be grateful for. Today I wanted to share with you um, a number of lessons that I've learned 
from Brian Tracy. Now, may not immediately ring a bell. Brian Tracy is one of those organization experts, time management, etc. But well, you you heard me talk about topics like that at length in the past. Uh, but I wanted to share with you a few new insights that I've learned from uh, a book that I recently read. It's called Get It Done Now, Own Your Time, Take Back Your Life. Still sounds very much like a self-help book, <laughs> but there's more to this. Uh, this is an, uh, like an audio book, an interview basically with one of his collaborators. And he's been writing, you know, these like organization books for, <laughs> I don't know, 30 years. This guy writes like three or four books per year. In that respect, it's quite an, an example. I was like, wow, how does he do that? And that curiosity brought me basically to his writings. I was like, someone who is so productive and yet seems to be able to keep his sanity. There must be a lesson for me to learn or maybe more than one lesson because I know how to work and I know how to work hard and long hours. But the sanity aspect of it is sometimes a little bit more difficult for me to accomplish. So in this book, he, uh, or this audio book, he looks back on um, the, his most important lessons. And so it's a ve- very nice primer. Instead of reading all these different books, you can just listen to this one. That's what I did. And it's like, oh, wow, there's so many nuggets here. Um, and it is a bit all over the place. But there were a few that I've started to implement. And I've seen immediate results. So I figured I might as well just share it with you. So the, the first uh, thing that I noted, and there's much more in this book than the, the things that I wrote down, but the, the one thing that I really liked was how he explains that you have to, when you work, you have to work very, very hard. So he focuses, is all about hyper-focus, about turning off all distractions, to not waste your time on, on you know, water cooler conversations or... Uh, just browsing the web in your boss's time. I'm my own boss, but he's very much like, oh man, give it all you have and and then some. And at first when I heard him explain that, I was like, yeah, but I'm trying to kind of tone it down a little bit. I feel like I'm often working way too hard. It's not that I'm lazy. It's more that like I cannot find the breaks. And then the the, the eye-opening thing was that he says, I'm not talking about working every every single minute of while you're awake. I I want to specify you have to work super hard and super focused when you work. So that your return on investment and the investment is of course your energy, your time, your creativity that that you maximize those working hours so you get the stuff done that will propel you forward, that will help you in your mission that will help you financially to realize your goals, but that you can also, without any problem, stop working and fully be there for your friends, for your family, for the other things in life that matter. So I was like, wow, that is short. That was the missing link. It is about hyper-focus, about being super disciplined. Discipline is a very important tool in his uh, in the, in the techniques that he proposes. And discipline is something you can train. Uh, and the more you, you focus, the more you see results, the more results you have, the more you are uh, finding energy to continue uh, on that course. 
But it's all about maximizing that so that you're never tempted to cross the boundaries of the other things that matter most in your life. Uh, and, and this is where I often went wrong, where I would feel tired and was like, ah, yeah, today I have so much planned, but I'll just take it easy. And instead, I'll just work until 11 o'clock. This <laughs> is a constant trap that I, that I uh, fall for. Um, and I've noticed, especially when I do things that are not routines yet, like editing TikTok videos, I have a tendency to, to tell myself, well, you know, yeah, yeah, you've been kind of procrastinating on this, but I'll sacrifice my time off in the evening. Instead of reading a book, I'll just uh, continue editing because it's for a good cause, right? And uh, Brian Tracy is very strict on that. He says, no, you, your work time has to be work time. If you can't fit into that day, you have to find help. You have to outsource it or you have to just stop doing it and that that brings me to the second uh, insight that I had sometimes things just have to go Uh, if you're sacrificing your health you're undermining all your other stuff if you sacrifice your family your friends you may become very successful and very rich but then you have no friends to spend it on or no family to help it with so it's all about maintaining that that very careful balance and the, the, the way you can stay within your own confines of what you can do is by making sure that you invest your efforts and time into what truly matters. And he explains the 20%, 80% rule. Um, this apparently is based on a lot of research. And it turns out that if you look at you know, a normal employee, about 20% of the time... Of anyone in you know working in different branches, 20% of the time will lead to 80% of the results. And 80% of the of the, the time dedicated to work is mostly spent on stuff that only yields like 20% of the results. So he advocates cut off the 80%, make sure that if you discover what the 20% of your activity is that is truly giving the, the maximum return on investment, that you only do that. Get rid of the other 80%. It doesn't mean that you only have to work 20% of the time, but it means you have to take a good look at what you're doing and look at how effective that is and pick only the activities that are truly helping you reach your goals that are maximizing your the yield of, of, of what you do. And then only do that and outsource the rest or completely get rid of it. And I love that approach because then I had to take a hard look at myself. So what are all these different activities? And which ones are truly helping the mission? And what am I currently doing that is taking up a lot of time? And I do it because I think, you know, it has to be done, right? Well... Who says who? (laughs) Maybe I can outsource it. To give you an example, um, I'm spending a lot of time on writing scripts for these videos, preparing podcasts, writing formats and setting up the overall narrative for a documentary. That is the most important thing that I can do. It's also the most unique thing that I can do. That's where my strength lies. Now, 
for instance, when I record, um, I don't know, my, like I try to do batch recording as much as I can. So let's say on Monday uh, of the week, I record eight videos for TikTok. It means I spent a couple of hours on writing all that content. Uh, there's research involved, but that has to take place at another time. And then I spend about two, three hours recording all that video material. But that's just a, that's a, just a very small portion of the work where 80% of my time goes is in creating these vertical videos, adding pictures, zooming in on pictures, adding text, uploading it to TikTok, adding the subtitles, or the captions. Oi, oi, oi. That is, you know, so the actual things that I'm good at is only 20% of my time investment. So this 20-80% rule would, would dictate that I focus only on writing and filming these videos, but I leave all the rest, the distribution, the editing, to someone else who can do it probably in less time for less money. So that's what I set myself as one of my goals, is to look out for people that I can pay for this whole post-production process. Because it's not rocket science. Um, but this also makes it easier to stop working. Because, you know, when I work late at night, it's always on the mundane stuff. It's always on, on tasks that, I c that anyone can do. Well, anyone with a little bit of training. But definitely nothing in my zone of expertise, you know. So getting rid of the busy work is extremely useful to preserve that overall balance in, in your life. Um, another thing that he's very adamant about is write down your goals. There's one thing you should do is when you have an idea, it's basically, that's great, but it's worthless until you write it down and then follow up upon. If you write it down, at least it will become clear. That's one advantage. And then the next things you can start doing is adding... Uh, your calculations to what is written down. You can, if this is a true, a truly a goal, if this matches my my uh, my mission. Then I need to work out a plan. How am I going to do this? But all that should be done in writing and not in your head, because and and that's particularly important for me because I'm lousy at estimating uh, the time that something takes or the resources that it will take up. In my mind, I can do everything. I'm a, I'm a superhero, <laughs> but in reality, um, there's way too much kryptonite in my life to actually do the things that I think of. So the, the discipline of writing down, and I do this more and more, I've, I've never done this, that in my life, but a couple of years ago I started doing that, just write down all these different ideas that you have in your mind, and then start doing the, the basic work of of writing down, calculating the number of hours that would take, the resources that you would need, add it all up, and then assess how much time in total this is going to take from your life. This is what I did in a very detailed way last year and this year uh, when we were planning out everything that we, would, that we wanted to do for, for Tridio this year. Tridio is the, the foundation that that uh, kind of uh, is the umbrella over all of the work that I do. Uh, 
is to just to be very realistic about <laughs> about the investment that every idea no matter how great it is will actually cost and then it's it's very easy to see that it's usually way too much so it means you are forced to make that that calculation that decision to only do the 20% of stuff that it really yields 80% of the results um, so write everything down uh, if you want to reach your goals another this is totally unrelated but another thing that struck me was to be very mindful of the way that you talk to others and to yourself these are very related um, if you are overly critical and this can also be towards people that you don't even know uh, when we comment on online on politicians or church leaders or whatever if if our communication if our opinion is always formulated in negative terms if we're always pointing the finger at what's not good we train our brain into looking in a negative way which is rarely productive i got a fly in my eye that is great like a tiny little fly that's the downside of uh, springtime I'm also holding the microphone, so I can't really kind of get it out. I'm going to put the microphone here on this wooden pole. I'm going to use my phone as a mirror. <sighs> ouch, ouch, ouch. I hate these little, tiny little flies, and for some reason my face is like a planet, and yet it always flies into a tiny little part of my face that is an eye where is it I'm trying to oh there it is oh my goodness it usually over time it comes out these little flies come on I'm zooming in on the phone that's why you can use your phone as a uh, as a how do you say that magnification glass the only downside is that ah there it is wow okay let me just get that out there you go Okay, don't you hate that when you... It's still alive. No wonder it was hurting my eye. Okay, it's out of my eye. <laughs> Thank goodness for technology. <laughs> Sorry about that. So, and you know, I've got Chinese heritage, so my eyes are already 50% smaller than most people's eyes, and still these flies know how to target them. They're all Luke Skywalker flies. <laughs> Where was I? Completely lost track of what I was saying. Oh yeah, so your your um, your communication, how you talk to others, how you talk online, will also impact over time how you talk to yourself, how you look at yourself. Um, and so he uh, stresses the importance of being very consistent in always being positive and encouraging. Um, not because everything is you know is fine and there is never something to criticize. But it changes your mindset. If you constantly force yourself to be encouraging, to look at what is good, not only will you be perceived as someone who's supportive and then and, and people flock to because they like positive people, but it will also help you to impact the way that you look at yourself. So he's very much uh, stressing. And, and this is just how our brains work. This is not only 
self-talk, optimism or something like that. This is literally the way in which our brains can be conditioned. So affirmations are very important. One of the things that he, uh, or one of the affirmations that he recommends you do is to tell yourself over and over again, I like myself. That sounds so weird. You know, I like myself, but it is just be, uh, train yourself in being content with who you are right now, that it's good enough. Tell yourself, not just that you're good enough, because that implicates that, well, you could be better, but tell yourself, I like myself. I, I am good at what I do. That's another thing. Tell yourself over and over that you're good at what you do. It doesn't mean you can't become better, but it gives you confidence in what you do. You know how to deliver. And it's, it, you know what this counteracts is this attitude where you feel, and I've kind of had that problem for years, I feel like it's never really good enough. You know, I've, there's always someone, I'm always comparing myself to people that are better than I am, more successful, better editors, better storytellers. Um, if I engage on Twitter and, and uh, no, on YouTube or TikTok, I'm always looking at the best of the best people with millions of followers. And then I tell myself, well, I'm not good enough, you know. I can never reach that level of quality. And again, says who? So tell yourself you're good at what you're doing. That gives you the motivation to just do things and you'll get better the more you do it. Super simple. It sounds almost like, yeah, duh. Couldn't you figure that out yourself? No. I've been struggling with negative self-talk for most of my life. And it has often stopped me from engaging in activities because I felt that either I was not good enough or the activity itself was not good enough. It was just a waste of my time. All that, of course, thanks to uh, the education that I've had, the way I was brought up. And I'm definitely not the only one. I know that many of you are also struggling with those that, that inner speak that is like, ah, it's not good enough. Why bother? You're never going to be good. Um, no, tell yourself you're, you're good at what you do. It doesn't make you necessarily proud or like look at me it's a way to rebalance how you talk to yourself and that will also the more you are kind to yourself the easier it will be to hello horse there's a white horse passing me by wow oh there's another horse there i think they're taking out the horses who let the horse out roof, roof. <laughs> it's a nice i still want to learn how to ride a horse it's on my list. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, just, it's just a positive way uh, to retrain your brain. And it, much, it, it will become much more easy to have that same attitude towards others. Um, the next tip is something that I had already learned from another book. That One of his best-selling books is Eat That Frog. <laughs> he actually... Now there's a fly in my nose. What the, what the what now? Like, they treat me like, as if I'm Skip Hall Airport, seriously. Why do you fly into my nose? Ah, okay. <laughs> I'll spare you the details. Um, 
eat that frog. In the book, he, he actually tells, how, tells us how that book came about and how, why, how they ultimately ended up with that title. But it's been a bestseller, and, and deservedly so. Because the book is about way more than just that one eat that frog thing, but it was such a, such a great tagline for a book. So the idea is that you, in the morning, you determine what is, what is my, my biggest frog. This is, a, he tells a story like there was this guy, and, uh, and he said something like, I'll, I'll pay you a hundred bucks if you eat this frog. Uh, and, then, and then the guy actually eats the frog and gets a hundred bucks. The idea is, um, get it over with. And so you have a hundred bucks, but it doesn't really help you to postpone eating that frog until the end of the day, just because you think it's disgusting. Um, you're still going to eat it at one point, so you might as well eat it first and get it over with and then buy a good meal for a hundred bucks. And this is a, a, a very good method to make sure that you focus on things that are, of course, these, these frogs have to be important. So it has to be urgent and important. When everybody has these projects where you know that you've been procrastinating, but it is important. It needs to get done. You want this over with uh, because it will help you. So eat that frog first. Make sure that that gets done first before anything else. Um, especially if this is in the 20% category of, you know, it's also going to yield a lot of results. Like I remember a few weeks ago, one of those frogs... It was no longer green. I call it red frogs. Red frogs are frogs that have been sitting there too long. And I would, I've been procrastinating on eating them. And so they turned red. They're even more disgusting. And so this one of these red frogs was entering negotiations about what I was going to film in Rome. Because I was unsure what to charge for it and what to make. And if I even wanted to do this. Because I'm going to Rome not necessarily for work, so it has to be worth my while to also make an item for TV. But because this is a new negotiation phase and I have no experience, like, I'll, I'll call them tomorrow, I'll call them next week. And, but I knew that if I, if I had a good negotiation, this could actually be very good for me and, and also bring in a little bit of money. I'm in dire need for new for an upgrade of my uh, editing computer. So, yeah, why not do it? And so one morning I was like, okay, I'm just going to eat this red frog. I, I like made a proposal and it got accepted the same day. And I was so relieved. Why have I been procrastinating on this? It's, it was so easy. So... I'm definitely uh, in need of taking good care of those frogs, especially the red ones. But the other thing, and then he adds that in this book, and I don't remember reading it in the other book, is what it does is also it triggers something in your brain. We are um, wired in such a way that when we accomplish something, the brain releases certain substances in our blood or what is it hormones or chemicals or whatever i'm not a brain uh, expert but that that this is a reward mechanism and that reward is meant to motivate you to do it again to get another boost of that reward whatever it is 
And so if you get that going early in the morning, if you start with the frog, the, 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 what's the biggest frog, eat that frog and you will get energy to eat more frogs. It's all a metaphor, of course, but you will be more uh, motivated to uh, tick off other boxes on your to-do list. And so it's also about kickstarting your, your brain, feeling good because you've accomplished something early in the morning. Another thing that I gathered from this book is uh, the importance of study. Keep reading. Um, Even though this guy, Brian Tracy, reads, um, I think, three or four books a week, he also uh, reads... No, sorry, he was not reading three or four books. He was... He's writing, what was I trying to say? Writing like three or four books per year, but he is reading three hours per day. And it's to get better at things that he does. So he, he describes how in, when he started working, for instance, he worked in sales, and there were people at, in his, the company that he worked for that were way better than he was. But he told himself, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. I'm just going to learn this. I'm going to read every single book about sales, how to close a sale, how to set it up. I'm going to become the best by studying. And so he invested a ton of time in reading all those books. And he started to apply it in his work. And in a year or two years, he had become one of the top people in that organization because he was known for being the best salesman in the company. And he came from nothing. And that's another thing that he says. We all start at zero. But it is if you apply yourself to it, if you, if you study, if you train yourself, you will become better. And ultimately, you might even end up being the best. But it's not going to be an automatic thing. You need to invest in improving your skills. So he says it's uh, vital to integrate that in your workflow. It's not a waste of time. As long as you focus on things that will actually make you better, it will make your life easier. And make you you better. It may help your career. It may help your income. And this is absolutely true. A few years ago, thanks to Goodreads mostly, which was brought to my attention by my friends on social media, I started to set myself goals for reading. And that after years of not reading a single book. As a child, I was an avid reader. And then when when I had to study philosophy and theology at the university, I was forced to read a lot of books. And so I always, from that moment on, associated books with, with work, with effort. And once I was finally done with those studies, after 10 years... Like, so I'm done reading. <laughs> I am sick and tired of reading. I'm just going to watch TV. <laughs> and I was still reading, of course, but it was all kind of fluff content, just browsing articles on the web. And so I'm, I'm a good reader. I'm a fast reader. But I was investing that aptitude or that talent into basically content that, that, that didn't have any lasting impact. And so... Thanks to the Goodreads Reading Challenge, I 
started to read, what was it, the first time I started doing that, 25 books per year or something, which was already, I was super proud of having read so many books. And then I upped it last year. I told myself I'm going to read uh, 50 books. That means one book per week. Sounds like a lot. But if I, if I schedule it, if I make sure that that's part of my routine, I think I can do it. Well, it was a race against the clock because the last day of the year, I think I read three books <laughs> just to be able to, to, uh, to get to the finish line. And then I set myself another goal. I said, this year, 2022, I'm going to read 100 books. And I remember when I decided that, I told myself, you're an idiot. You're never going to be able to read 100 books. 50 was already hard. 100 books? No way. But I am going to challenge myself. That's how I grow. And lo and behold, I think it's going to be easy. I am so enthralled by what I read. I love learning about stuff. And that's why I love to talk about these books because I I feel that that's almost a return on investment. I learn so much and hopefully, hopefully I can pass it on. And so... But I'm not just reading books to become a better filmmaker or communicator. But I'm also reading science books. I'm reading novels. Um, because I know that reading in itself, it doesn't really matter what you read. It will increase all your, your, your abilities in a certain way. Reading is also brain training. So the more you read, the more the better you are able to think. And and that is something that I believe I I have no proof for it, but I kind of sense that that is the case. I'm much more I'm much smarter than I used to be. That this sounds again so pretentious to tell that to say that from yourself, but I do I do believe that the books have made me smarter. And not necessarily only the books that were meant to improve my skills. So studying, the, the way I do this is by basically uh, re- by reading a ton of audiobooks. Um, some people say, well, audiobooks are not real books. <sighs> Why not? Like, what, does it matter? I'm more of an, an, an auditive learner than I am a reader. I, I still can read, but... The problem is when you read, you're always sitting still. You cannot read a book while walking. I can listen to an audiobook while walking. So it's, it's just pragmatic. It doesn't matter how the information is coming to you as long as you process it with your brain. The contents is the same. So for me, audiobooks have been a massive uh, gift because I love to be outside. I love to be on my bike. I love to run. And I can read at the same time. I can educate myself. And in fact, being outside when I'm on a walk and I listen to an audiobook, I remember much more than when I just sit in a chair not moving for three hours. I usually just fall asleep. I still read books on, on the Kindle, but it's mostly novels because I read much faster than I can, than I can listen, of course. So if I, for instance, I want to read a, another book in the series of the Wheel of Time, I'm not going to listen to the audiobook. The audiobook is like 40 hours. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> so instead, I'm just reading the, the, the print version or the Kindle version because 
I can read five, six times faster than I can listen. But for a lot of learning books, the slower pace of an audiobook actually is beneficial to the learning process. It gives you time to process. I don't need that processing time when, when I'm just reading a novel, especially the Wheel of Time series, because it's so verbose. But for, you know, these, these more educational books, audio works perfect for me. Not necessarily for you, but definitely for me. I need to cross this road to get to the other side of the, of the forest. Let me see if there is an entry into the forest. Ah, there's a road. Uh, oh, bikers. Oh, so this is a biking lane. I thought this was for pedestrians. Clearly it is not. I have no idea where I am, as usual. Um, oh, it says I, it's not allowed. You're not allowed to enter the woods there. That's weird. Gonna do it anyway. As long as there are no aggressive dogs, why wouldn't I be able to go there? Oh no, it's really forbidden. But what if I enter the woods here and then I turn left? Would that be a problem? There have to be smaller tracks here and trails in this in this forest. I'm just gonna do it. Nah, I've been here before. I remember, I've been here even with my running group. I see there's this, oh, this old car in the middle of the woods. It's not a car, it's uh, one of those um, uh, trucks that they use to brush the, the pavement and brush the, the gutters. And, and it's no longer functional, so it's just standing here under a tree. It's this blue thing. All rusty and dirty. Oh, and there's a dog. Okay, I, I guess this is the guard. Hey, buddy. Yeah. That's definitely the guard. Yeah. Yeah, good boy. Good boy. Oh, and there's his buddy. There's his buddy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to the left. So now, this is, this is outside of your, your jurisdiction. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're guarding the road. That's very good. But now this is not your jurisdiction. You cannot follow me here in the woods because this, this is not private property. <laughs> Got those dogs. It's so nice to have a little bit of uh, legal over uh, legal um, <laughs> authority here over these dogs. <laughs> Too funny. And they're tiny little dogs, man. They're the size of my shoe. <laughs> and here's the path. I remember running here, so this must be okay. Um, so this is, these are just a few things that I wanted to share with you that I gathered from uh, reading. So the book itself, again, is called Get It Done Now. Own Your Time, Take Back Your Life. There's way more in that book. Um, and, of course, usually with these kind of self-help books... I just write down what triggers me right now, what I need right now. There's a lot of other good advice on, you know, like uh, improving your marketing skills and sales techniques. And like, yeah, that's really not part of my life right now. But maybe over time I may, may go back to this book and read it. For my patrons, I'm going to record uh, The Extra Mile. Um, because, of course, I'm in the middle of the woods. So I still have <laughs> some time to walk. 
before I get back home. If you want to listen to those extra podcasts, so there's uh, Father Roderick to the Max, The Gospel for Geeks, and uh, The Extra Mile, you get them when you become a patron. And you can be a patron from starting at, uh, I think, 250 per month. So it, if you can miss it, it would tremendously help me in my mission. But you will also be a stakeholder in what I do. You can, it's very motivating to have this community that, uh, that makes it possible to do this work and gives me a lot of input on it. So welcome. If you want to join, just go to patreon.com slash fatheroderick. Thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. And see you next week. Uh, and uh, I will be in the Roma, beautiful Roma. Ciao.